Welcome to the Mystical Motherhood Podcast. This is Chelsea, and I want you to create a happy family. I use my background in Western and Eastern medicine, birth, and ancient yogic practices to help the modern mother learn how to live a healthier life and create conscious children. This is your guide to fertility, conception, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and the early childhood years. Are you ready to live the life of your dreams? Hello, everyone. Welcome to season three of the Mystical Motherhood Podcast. I have an awesome guest today named Bridget Morris. She is a lifestyle blogger who inspires women to embrace their motherhood, their approach to wellness, fitness, and general style. She is soon to be a mother of three, and she's here to talk about her amazing online course called Countdown to Baby, and that can be found at countdowntobaby.com, which educates and supports women through their pregnancy journey in a really, really conscious way. And so we have just an open discussion like I do on every single podcast about our life, and we jump right in um, to getting to know each other and talking about motherhood and consciousness and pregnancy and her new product, Countdown to Baby. Please go to the bio to get all of the links of how to find her on Instagram, on on her personal website, and countdowntobaby.com. If you have any questions, reach out to me at mysticalmotherhood.com. Both of my books, Fertile and um, Mystical Motherhood, can be purchased on the first page of that. And if you'd like to set up a private session with me, reach out to me. You can also email me at um, mysticalmotherhood at gmail.com. And if you have any questions or you'd like a specific subject to be covered on this podcast, please email me. I'm always open to guests and features and different things that are happening in the world. And as we move into 2020, it's going to be a huge, massive year of growth. If you haven't gone through it, it's going to happen for you. So if you need any help, I'm here for you. Please enjoy as we jump right into a conversation here and then talk about Bridget's awesome educational platform. Bye-bye. And only everything I've been doing, I've done in just two years. Your books too? Two years. Wow. Yeah. It's so amazing. Do you read my books? I, I've only read them on Instagram, but I have them in my Amazon cart right read now. Read Fertile. Read Fertile. Read Fertile. I mean, everything you post is like incredible. Yeah. Like, Fertile's so really good. Inspiring. I, I, I recommend it to like so many pregnant women. Cause I just love, like, I love how you talk about all the soul connecting and the consciousness and awakening and, you know, like you said, dropping the ego and it's just, these conversations don't exist normally and like normal, you know, crowds. No, they don't. Yeah. But that's my goal is to get it out to women all over the world, you know, so that they can begin to realize that they can, are the conscious creators of the next generation and the genetic engineers of humanity. 100%. But soup and just like being better humans, you know? So what's going on with you? So Bridget is here and she's launching. She's an awesome mom and she is an awesome human being. And she, where do you live? I live in Metro Detroit. And tell us about your family. She's here and she's launching a business and she's going to tell us all about it and what she wants to do with mothers. And we're just going to have a conversation. Like I always have that's from the heart and completely open to whatever happens. So what's, so tell me about your life and tell me what's going on. 
Yeah. So I've been married for uh, seven and a half years and we have two children and one on the way, a five-year-old son and a three-year-old daughter. And we are expecting baby number three in March. Baby number three was a pleasant summer surprise. Yeah. So, um, how did you guys meet? We met through mutual friends. So my husband and I were just good friends for a while. And then it, my, you know, it, it, it transitioned into best friends and then inevitably we became, you know, lovers. Yeah. That's great. So you, how long did you date before you got married? Oh gosh. Over five years. Really? Yeah. Okay. So we were friends for a couple years. Then we started dating and then dated for about five years and then got married. So we've been together for a long time. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So tell me about what you're doing. So you want to talk about your pregnancy or do you have any questions for me or you want to tell us about what's going on in your life? Um, yeah. So this pregnancy is going well. Like I said, it was a surprise. So now I feel like I can totally relate to all the moms that have the surprise babies because yeah. with my first two, it was very thought out. It was like, I'm going on a preconception plan and I'm going to start taking my supplements and I'm going to go to acupuncture and I'm doing my journaling. And How did that go? I've never done, you know, with all the work I do, neither of my babies were planned out at all consciously. Wow. None. And so like, maybe I'll have another one. But I don't, yeah. I'm not there right now for sure. Um, but it, you know, I think it went well because like, I mean, I got, I got, I got, I got, I got a boy and I got a girl and like, I remember like, you know, doing even like, you know, writing out my visions for a daughter. I remember like doing spells for a girl because I really wanted one of each. That was like the vision I had. My husband really wanted a daughter and I really wanted one. And so I look back and I'm like, it worked, you know, like every, you know, it, it, it went well. And then, um, the last, you know, couple of years, we've just been, just been adjusting to life with two. So as much as we loved the idea of a, a big family and a team and a squad, we weren't, you know, consciously planning that. So did you, fact- when you conceived this third child, I have a question. Did you call the child in when you were having intercourse? No, you didn't. Okay. No. Cause I did with my, with my second, I did. I did. Wow. I called it in and I said, Oh, I'm going to, I'm calling the baby in. Like I, I knew. It. And then the next day I was like, F like I like mother and I ran to the drugstore and I got the morning after pill. Wow. And it didn't work. No. Holy cow. I know. The crazy thing about our story is that in January I did a vision board and I, and I put on the vision board a photo of me pregnant and a mom with like multiple kids behind her because I thought if it's going to happen, I want it to happen this year. Yeah. But again, and I, and I, and I mindfully, I mean, I, I, that vision board is in my bathroom and I look at it and I get ready and I brush my teeth to it and do my makeup and it's right there. And I, I look back and I'm like, oh my God. And my husband even told me, he's like, you manifested this. Yeah, you, you did. You knew this was going to happen. You, you, you know, brought forth this baby. Yeah. So I guess in a way I did. Yeah. So you're in that really creative place in pregnancy, which is the water element. So in my book, Fertile. I talk about this all, like all the different elements. And I, if you haven't read Fertile yet, read it where you are right now. It will change your entire pregnancy. I cannot wait. Um, but the, where typically we go through different elements. And so the element of water is where people are when they're pregnant and water is the creative force. It's the creative energy. So it's also the very emotional element. So you can either go super, super emotional or you can 
you can take that energy and put it into creation. And so, so you somehow when either women like want to, that's why you want to redo your home. That's why you want to, um, you know, clean everything or you want to, you have to somewhere put that creative force and that creative energy. So it sounds like you're putting it into a business, right? Yeah. What's going on? So I started, um, creating this when I got pregnant with Roman five years ago. And, uh, I mean, the whole way that this came about was during my, you know, conscious conception and my pre-birth plan, I was, you know, getting, I was just seeing all these specialists, acupuncture therapists and, um, health, health and wellness coaches. Uh, I met with a doula, I met with, um, you know, like a, like a midwife. And I was just empowering myself with all this knowledge and sharing it with my girlfriends and how excited I was. And, and I realized that, you know, I wasn't alone. There were so many women that were like, so curious about all these things and how they all, you know, played into having a healthy pregnancy and a conscious, you know, child and delivery. And so through that experience, I wanted to take all of this information and and compile it into like one easy to access place, but it took, really years to figure out how I wanted to organize it and what the like, you know, core topics were that I wanted to be able to share. I mean, because as you know, there's a million different things that come up during pregnancy. And so I I narrowed it down to um, nine different modules and it talks about everything from mindfulness to um, nutrition, our changing bodies, romance, fears and forgiveness, um, preparing to bring your baby home, honoring yourself, um, actually coming home with your baby. And then the course was all done. And I was like getting ready to start all of the online, you know, putting it up on the website and, and all the technical coding and all that good stuff. And then I realized like, wait a minute, we're not talking about really anything, anything negative that could happen. I mean, there's miscarriage, there's postpartum depression, and I I hadn't even built that into it. So we spent another almost year talking about that and, and, and me and and my writer who helped me and, um, I guess, compiling the, the ninth module, which is called the unexpected. So, um, finally it's online and it's available now. And I just had a wonderful launch party about two weeks ago with about 30 women in my community, the Metro Detroit area, moms, future moms, they called themselves the dream moms. Um, and it was just, I had three experts there talking about everything from fitness and wellness. Um, one of them was a naturopathic doctor. The other one was a postpart, uh, a mental health, um, counselor. And the other one was my doula. So all three of them offered three different areas of expertise to share with the group. And it was just a really amazing, loving, empowering night. Women were passing the microphone around for questions and crying and telling personal stories, like so much more than I could have imagined. I was just, you know, I was just hoping to like, you know, not have an empty room. And, and, you know, the out, the outcome and and every, everything that people had told me, you know, since then was, has just been so overwhelmingly positive and, and motivated me to, you know, never like doubt myself and just to keep promoting this course and, and trying to do what my ultimate goal is, which is empower women, empower mothers to birth the next generation of conscious, you know, little ones to this earth. And, um, 
it's just been a really incredible, you know, start to hopefully something that's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger. So is this an online course where you're talking in the course or you're reading these different modules? No, there, there are nine different PDFs that you can read. And then we have videos that we're working on to go with them. So it's starting to evolve into more. And a, there's a private Facebook group that we're going to offer expert opinions and um, di different advice for things. That's great. You know what? When I have a question, when I have been writing my books or different materials been coming through me, it's like you have to embody it. And the embodiment of it changes your frequency and so that you're able to actually project it or broadcast it out. And what I've re realized just so you know from from my own point of view is is you have to let go of how many people get to it or how many people see it or what is supposed to happen to it. Does this make sense? It's, it's like a baby in itself. And then it's almost more important what I've recognized with it is the embodiment of that frequency within. It changes everyone around you without – it's a silent change. Does this make yes. sense? And so, 100%. and that's how like – so all these – there's a you know people in this world that really want to get out there and – um say, so see my product, show my product. And I think that all those things are really important, but there's also a silent frequency that's admitted from somebody that it, it has put the creative force together so and to create something so powerful that then you can be, it's in your auric field of, you then broadcast it to another woman that they can do something like that. And that's how we change is through, that's how we change this planet is through art and different projects. And even those 30 people are now like, Oh, she created that. I'll go create something. And that's how we go back to loving ourselves. Absolutely. And, and it's so, it, it's just the timing of this is so in, like perfect because as much as I've have, have felt like, Oh, it's almost done. It's almost ready. I, I can share this with the world. And then we've got, you know, a delay for creative or there's a delay for, you know, the uploading or, you know, testing it out. And then I became pregnant and it's like, I truly am embodying all these different, you know, modules and topics. And so when I share it, I, it's, it's that, it's that much more, you know, powerful coming from me go who's currently going through it at this point. Yeah. So as you've been going through this pregnancy, like how have you adapted some of these things to your own pregnancy? Well, I mean, you know, I guess the big, the, one of the big things is fears and forgiveness. Um, we talk about that a lot in my course and, you know, coming onto my third, I think instantly the first two weeks I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, like we're so settled into like family of four. And now I've got like this, not, the, a second baby or a third baby coming in. And I was kind of freaking out for the first couple of weeks. And then, you know, I had to kind of go back and remind myself, like, this is, this is the, the divine plan. Like, this is not, you know, this isn't something I need to worry about. And my husband was cool the whole time and supportive, but it was just me feeling overwhelmed with the, the massive responsibility of now another baby. And is this going to be, you know, something that's going to hold me back? And am I not going to be able to, you know, fulfill this dream or that dream? And it's like, I went through all of that and it took me a couple of weeks to like get my head right again. And thank God I have, you know, my own, you know, literally my own course to like go back to and remind myself and obviously empowering podcasts and inspiring, you know, messages that I constantly try to fill myself up with. But it, it you know, just that in itself, um, 
was really something I struggled with. And, and I, I, you know, sometimes I still do. I still have like those fears that come up with like motherhood and, you know, wanting to make sure that I'm not going to, you know, carry on things that like I went through as a child. Like give us an example of like something for me. Okay. So for me, an example of something I've been fearful in my own motherhood experience is I was yelled at as a child or, you know, there was abuse. And so I didn't have, and it's taken me years now of like, what's abuse and what's strict and what is the range of like, can, you know, like of, of boundaries for a child. hundred percent. And you know, like, I don't want to be my mother. No, that but is- I also, um, these kids can't because I think what's happening with many generations, particularly like the millennials, hopefully there's, you know, no one's offended here, but like is because these other parents were so effed up, then the next generation says, I'm not going to do what my parents did. So then there's no boundaries. There's right? the extreme opposite, right? Yeah, the extreme opposite. And so, you know, then those women, then those kids feel entitled. Yeah. And so then you're creating a you're creating, you know, neurotic children and entitled children and then these different things and it's like, it's it's crazy, right? I completely understand that and, and and agree with you. And trust me, I I mean, my mom, you know, did, you know, yell at us about things. She was a single mom and that's that's one of my biggest fears in in motherhood is that something's going to happen and all of a sudden this like foundation is going to be like ripped apart and I'm going to be left being a single mom. And you know what? To- that just happened to me and I went through it and it was my biggest fear ever. But I mean, don't look at the, don't, there's nothing about it. I chose it. And so I was in a relationship with my husband for almost 18 years and I walked away and, and now my third book is coming through, but the which is about all of this, but the power of walking away brought me such I became financially independent. I became, um, I, I went, awesome. I, I left and I went to New York city. So then I had, I, I never lived in New York city, nor have I ever been to Brooklyn and I got an apartment in Brooklyn and I cre- I moved into a church and I created a temple and I said, okay, let me redesign my life. If I am the creator, if I'm the conscious creator and, and, and this powerful, how can I go from, you know, this codependent, not saying marriage is codependent, but you get into a codependency. You cannot help it Absolutely. because, you, you know, we grew up together and we only knew these certain ways of being and then these subconscious things can collab or, you know, c- contract on each other. So I had to go in and I, every single fear came up. And every single thing of my own childhood was ripped out of me, but it brought the most intense. And so if anyone is listening, there's, you know, being as a family is one thing, but then there's also sometimes creating a conscious family takes the separation of the family. Right. And so even like, I'm, I'm, and I'll go back to my story in a second, but even with birth, it's I, even in all my books, Mystical Motherhood and Fertile. I talk about there's no one way to look at things. You know, there's not like natural pregnancy or natural birth is not the only way. You know, a C-section is another way. Um, right. Breastfeeding's fine. Not breastfeeding's fine. And also like being with your husband and then not being with your husband. Right. And it's like we have these belief systems on this is the way it should be. And I had to redefine that as I've been creating what mystical motherhood is, is like, well, what is a conscious family? Well, it's a conscious mother. Right. And all goes. I think it comes back to your own like belief in yourself, your own self-love and self-worth and my own. Yeah. And so for me to get to, to go through my biggest fear, which is being a single mother, I realized I, as I allowed 
like for example, this weekend, let me give you an example. So now I've gotten to a very good healed state. I've created this beautiful temple. I've written my books. I have this flourishing career at um, Genesis Fertility and uh, the bet with the best doctors in the New York state working with fertility. Like everything I've ever wanted is happening. And I know that the next relationship is coming in. The one that I really want, the one that matches my frequency, but my frequency has to I mean, I've, I've been with some amazing, you know, had some amazing relationships to follow that have really taught me a lot of positive lessons and some negative ones. But I, I had to, to go through all that in order to become the most empowered woman and the best mother and to see that there's a different way to raise children. And, it, and sometimes it's taking them out of the environment they were in and go through the biggest fear of single, being a single mother. So if anyone's listening and you're like, can I leave? You can can you stay? Yes, you can stay. And there's no wrong way about it, but just make sure that you're going to be ready to break down fully and then rise up. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's an incredible story. And I think, you know, again, it goes back to having that, like, just belief in yourself that you can overcome this and there will be a lesson and that this is part of the, you know, divine plan and, and not living in fear. And that's what we, you know, that's, that's one back of to what we were talking about. That's exactly what we talk about is, you know, and then, and then going through it in any sort of, I guess, um, you know, not, not regrets or anything, but any feelings you're harboring to yourself, being able to forgive yourself for anything that you're blaming yourself for to fully move on and embrace the next chapter, which is obviously what you're doing. Yeah. So that's module five fears and forgiveness. And, you know, that was definitely something that just, you know, I felt like was a, was a, a, a subject that just kept coming up. You know, the first few months of my pregnancy was like having these freak out moments, like, you know, and then just, like I said, I was raised by a single mom and having to look back and, and evolve to a point where I could forgive, you know, her for the things that she did. Or like did what kind do. of things did you have to work through to forgive her? Like what was, cause these are the issues we talk about. And I talk about in my books is these generational patterns. Right. And, and our own create our own fears of recreating them. And then also the ways that we unconsciously recreate them. So how do you consciously move through your own fears of recreating your mind? So, I mean, you mentioned yelling. My mom was definitely somebody who would yell at us. If you'd ask her now, she would, she would absolutely deny that. You know, when she looks back on how she mothered us, it's all, it's perfect. You know, with like, I was the best mom you ever had. And I was always there for you. But at the same time, of course, we as children look back and we remember, I don't know, for some reason I had a, I had an overall good childhood, but my mom was a single mom. There was only so much she could do, you know, like, right. like we, you know, we struggled for, you know, new winter boots and things like that. I mean, being able to provide for my kids a, a nice life is important to me and to my husband. Like I constantly, I'm constantly working towards and visualizing, you know, our success. And I, and I feel like that comes because the way I grew up that there was uncertainty there. And, and, and so, um, you know, that's just one thing, making sure that we provide for our children a nice life and, and, and still, 
a, a strong desire for education. When I was growing up, my mom didn't go to college. She wasn't pushing this, like, you need to make sure that you're focused on your grades and that it's a top priority. That's something that I want to change with my kids. I want education to be a priority. I want them to be motivated and, and excited to continue their education so that, that, that they can continue to change the world and inspire, you know, on a large scale. So, I mean, those are just a few things that, you know, come to mind. But don't you think that those, well, first off with our parents is we have to recognize that that's the best that they could do. Right. And, and then that's where the, I mean, like, like I have gone through such a process with my mother and she's actually coming in town today. Right now she'll be arriving. So hopefully my (laughs) phone doesn't ring. Um, I'm here. She gets here. Right. But she, I mean, but, but like, it's taken me to this point to go through my own healing. And I was just talking about this in another podcast is like, we have to look at our, our heartbreak, our biggest wounds in order to get into the heart center, in order to really raise these kids in a different way, in order to not go into those deep reactions. We have to look at our biggest wounds, our biggest thing. And yours is probably the absent father and the fear of having that happen again. Right. In that, in some form, it goes deep into like the absent male and then, um, the, the, the woman that has to do it all alone without any resources. I mean, that's like the the base of America. Absolutely. Motherhood, you know, and the pain of it. It's so intense. I don't even know, like, I don't even know where to start. I don't even know my sentence to come out from there, but I, I had to personally go into my own pain around that too. And then to look at that. And when I, when I went into that pain, it's actually the man that I was with for 18 years, he actually f- is stepping up as a father more. When I, when, I, when I gave him the space, when he had to, he did. And it's, they're really cool kid. Like the kids actually are doing so well because I went so deeply into my own pain and I lifted it into such joy and the breaking of the heart and looking at those patterns and how I didn't want to keep repeating them. Absolutely. Right. And one of the biggest things for my mom as I look back on it, and she there it just she just got wore wore down with the court cases and the custody battles and lack of resources. And I just slowly, I mean, honestly saw her fall apart and everything from like, you know, being all dolled up and beautiful to, you know, laying sleeping in bed for days. And this is one of the biggest inspirations for my course is to remind women of how they need to pour into themselves so that, that they can fully give to their families. You know, and- I was just talking about this. I did a podcast earlier today and published it on toxic men, but it's, it's so I was, and I was talking about it with a client earlier this morning and it's okay. Back to pouring out love and giving it to our, to ourselves. So what I find with relationships and with, I mean, we all do this and I don't know if you've experienced this or your friends like this, but the men tend to pour all their energy into their work. And then we tend to pour all our energy into the men. And so, and we get mad at the men for being interested in their work, but then we are actually only interested in them. And so we're all addicted to really messed up stuff. So we as women tend to be addicted to love and over giving and over sharing and over that chakra being over, you know, but not receiving back. And the men are just focused on their work. And so we're circling in this really, really, you know, psychotic, weird field of where's the love, where's the love. And so for me, what I've had to learn is to come back, come back, keep coming back to myself, keep coming back to myself, keep coming back to myself. 
But even Absolutely. as I start to even as I start to date new men, it's such a new interesting process for me because I never dated. I only had my husband really. And so as I'm dating men, if they don't text me back or if they don't ask, you know what I'm like, it's just this new thing of like, well, do they love me? Are they going to give me attention? And then I see how I give my power away. Absolutely. When I'm and it's such an interesting spot because I always had one husband. You know, I always had this one man. But this is the cycle that women do. I mean, do you see this with your friends or? Absolutely. And that is another, again, it goes back to why I wrote this course, because it's so important to be reminded of your worth and your value and that you are enough. And so the tone of countdown to baby is like, you know, love yourself. You are enough no matter what you're going through, even, even with your body image and you transitioning through this, this, this pregnancy with your partner and just balancing romance with it. It's so easy for us to get obsessed with like approval and, you know, and, and then, and that's taking, like you said, it's taking away from our own power, but you know, I, that's when I turn to my meditation, my crystals, my, my journals, my podcasts to just remind, go home back in on like what, what my focus is here and not getting too obsessed with just approval. Approval. Yeah. So that's, so you, what, what she's talking about for everyone listening is we have to know another way to say this is we have to know our self-sabotage tendencies. And so like, what is, we all got to know what our self-sabotage tendencies, is it to drink wine or is it, you know, how do we get off track, especially when we get reactive with our kids? So like, are you, are you tired? Are you, are you, there's the basics of like hunger, wine, being tired, you know, like those kind of things. And then there's the other self-sabotager. So if somebody gets close, do you automatically pull back or do you, do you chase after something when you can't, when it's not coming to you, or do you obsess about something over and over and over in your head until, you know, you make yourself crazy. And so these are all the ways that you get outside of your energy field. And I said it earlier today, a teacher said one time, you're living in a reality when you're creating energy. You're living in a non-reality when you're losing energy. And so most humans, 90% of the time, are living in a non-reality. And so so when you're feeling tired or you're feeling anxious or you're feeling just different things, you're not in a reality. Your thought process is is in a non-reality of like it's something outside of yourself making you happy. Right? Wow. Yeah. And knowing these self-sabotaging things like needing acceptance, like what's your go-to What's your go-to thing that you create your own, you know, complete chaotic life? For I mean, for me, when I hear that, I just think like, I, I, right. You're understanding those triggers and then literally being able to like stop that negative thought pattern and just, again, go back to, I know my worth. I know my value. I know I am enough and whatever it takes to, to stop those negative thoughts because Personally, I try so hard to every single day be on like a high frequency, start my day off with a morning ritual. How do you do that? What do you, what time do you wake up? How do you start your day? What do you do? My 6.45 is what I set my alarm for. So that's for like minimum during the week to get the kids off to school. If I'm lucky, I'll roll over and my husband's still in bed with me and we'll have a little conversation or just wake up together. Um, A lot of times he gets up even earlier to go to the gym, but 
you know, I, I love to start my day off with a hot cup of tea, writing down my journal, and then getting the kids up. Um, sometimes that doesn't happen. Sometimes I'm like so tired that I push the snooze and then I'm, you know, making the tea, then getting the kids up. And then it's just we're, you know, 10 or 15 minutes behind all day. But I mean, I have in so many places throughout my house, I have, I don't want to say, you know, I have altars everywhere, but I do have a lot of things around me that remind me of like the abundance that I constantly am, am you know, living in. You and so that emotional space. So yes. that's a really good topic. Actually, I do that, you know, talk about it in mystical motherhood and in fertile the books, but it's about creating that devotional space within your field so that your life becomes a devotion. So like the, this temple I created it, everywhere I look, it's my own set of altars and my own set of like, this is what I want to create. And this is what I want. And this is like totally creating relate. that base foundation. So you feel safe all the time in your home, right? Constantly. And just reprogramming myself and for this stage of life to have that feeling of you are enough, like you are guided, you are, um, you know, you are inspiring. Like, I, I mean, I go through the mantras like daily. I have my books out. Like these are daily practices that I do. I listen to empowering podcasts. I make sure that I'm aligning myself with other powerful women who are inspiring me. And that's just what I have found over the past few years that has nothing has lit me up more than doing that and, and living that way. And when you've done that and like created your space this way and created your values and made these, you know, made this, these modules, like how has it expanded your life? Like did you, did money did, cause for me doing this stuff, more money came in, the more internal work I do, the more successful I am in the outside world. And I find that none of it comes from an external looking for anything. I go in now, if I want to like, call in something. It's all from inside. It's like, I do nothing. And I wait for it to come money, house, food. I mean, not food I have to order, but you know, like the, <laughs> you know, like relationships, friendships, community. And, and it's like the more, the more I go inside, the more it creates. Absolutely. Right? And I mean, I write down all of my visions. I, I write down them and I carry them with me along with my crystals. I, I, I have my little local shop that I go to regularly and get my tarot readings. I mean, it's because, and what I found from those is that, that I speak my own truth. I end up, you know, basically saying, well, this is where my life is and where I'm going and, and, and all these light bulb moments will come up. But I mean, it's, it's, it's just amazing. Like the more work we do on ourselves, the more impact we have on others. And then it, the flow comes back to us and empowers us more to keep going and sharing our, our, our light. And with countdown to baby, it, it, it has evolved into, you know, ho hopefully hosting more events that impact women. I, I get so much fulfillment out of the personal connection, just as much as I do with, you know, connecting to women online and, and receiving amazing messages about how inspired they are through following my journey. And, you know, like you said, a lot of times you don't know how many people you're connecting with or how many people are seeing this or what the ripple effect is long-term. But I mean, Honestly, with all the blessings that I feel like I constantly receive, I know that all of the work I'm doing is paying off, you know, for the greater you know, and It's so interesting. You say it like that because, you know, it's like I got paid out for my books in different ways. And, I'm, you, you know, like I, I, I got paid out in different, you know, sometimes it's like, it's not necessarily about, you know, some like there's, 
people out there doing spiritual work and doing work and it's not so it doesn't have to be so big like our ego wants it to be it has to be whoever's supposed to receive this is supposed to receive this the outcome of how it is given is 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 there and if you go with that mindset with creating and then you embody that kind of frequency yes. you then invite another person to be able to have that yes i and so and and Right. And so like leaving my husband or, you know, going into my worst demons or finding that part of me that hurts so much, if I can conquer that, then I am now sitting with another woman in my practice or in, you know, my private or practice or at my clinic, um, the clinic I work at to, and then it's a silent transmission of like, you can do this too. There's a different way to do things, right? Absolutely. It's, and it's, 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 it's funny you say like you get paid out in different ways because even just putting a price on the court on this course, I struggled with this for months. I was like, this isn't about making money for me. This is truly about sharing a message. And you know, there are so many people around me that were like, but you shouldn't say that because it is about making well, money. So be careful with your words because that's a, that's a, that's a woman's thing of like, that's a worse thing. Right. And so it's, it is about making money and, and money is an equivalent of energy. True. There's different ways to look at it. It's like, is my ego doing this? It's like, you have to look at how you, you know, you want to make money with it, but you also have to, you know. And I guess I I still sort of struggle with that because I feel like I want this to be shared with so many people. And if I price it at such a price that is going to, you know, make it unaffordable for someone, again, that's going back to, you know, probably my fears as a, is, you know, growing up in a low income house and not being able to reach somebody. But I, I'm so often reminded by people around me that how valuable it is and how much of a of a gift it is to 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 put out there. So you know, with pricing is you with pricing, you have to kind of sorry, my mom just got in town, so <laughs> I'm excited. Um with pricing, you have to kind of, you know, set I, I found even with my private sessions is I, I have different offers. So if somebody doesn't have the money to pay, I say, you know, we can record this as a podcast, but it's still an energy exchange. So there has to be some form of money exchange, right? So you, and, and, or if they can pay the full price, that's the full price I am at, at right now. And so it's whatever you price, it's okay to price yourself where you are and to change that price. I just started. As your value on money and your value on your own worth changes because money is just energy. Yes. And I, I literally this within the past six months have started like really, I guess, tuning into that entire message and, and understanding, you know, money is energy and it's an energetic exchange and the value and what you put out, you get back. And so, um, you know, it's just something I'm working through. Yeah. And it's something just, and that's the best thing is like, you're telling us, look, I'm working through this. I'm working through this. I'm working through this. I'm aware that they exist and I'm willing to work through them is the number one most powerful thing we can do because ignorance is, is ignorance is exhaustion and ignorance is not going to get us anywhere and it's not going to change our Absolutely. So, so what's the website people can find your course and how much does it cost and how can they reach you so that they have any questions and what's your Instagram? So my course is at www.countdowntobaby.com and the course is uh, retail on, on sale for $197 and they can find me on Instagram at Bridget P underscore Morris.
Okay, wonderful. And we'll put that all in the comment section. Is there anything you want to say before we oh go? Oh my gosh, Bridget? I just want to thank you for all of your inspiration. I When I discovered your podcast, I, it was life-changing and I'm, and I'm not even... Really? What was your favorite podcast? Which one did you like the most? So other women can listen to it. I, the, your most recent one about this connecting with your baby and, and sharing the Kundalini yoga and reminding us that we have the power to connect with our unborn children. That one I've shared with multiple friends because these, t- again, these are conversations that aren't you know, normal. These aren't just conversations that like, you know, busy, you know, 30, 20, 30, some year old moms are having with each other. These are really powerful topics. And I love to take the information that I learned from amazing women like you share them and inspire more women and empower them with, with more energy to, to have them connect more deeply with themselves. And that's what I really take away from every one of your podcasts is a deeper connection and understanding of how to you know, just live a more empowered life as a woman. Yep. That's exactly what I'm trying to do and you're doing it. So that's awesome. So, um, reach out to Bridget with any questions. If you have any questions for me, reach out to me at mysticalmotherhood.com. Everything is on my website. Thanks for listening, everyone.